Good evening, gentlemen. Welcome back. Getting together to uh, wrap up another beautiful week, all of us together, with uh, beautiful, amazing, award-winning chalant. Smells delicious. It certainly looks delicious. I hope everyone's enjoying it um, in their palates and their tummies as much as I'm enjoying watching you enjoy it. Looks very enjoyable. And and uh, getting together again um, <clears throat> for another Chumash, Thursday night Chumash and Shalmshir, Parsha Shemois, beginning a new book this week. The book of Exodus. New beginning. New beginning for Kla Yisrael as Klaisro goes down to Mitzrayim. Okay, so this week we go down to Mitzrayim together with Eden, and we take the plunge. Let's all take the plunge together, Rabbi Sai. As I tell my kids every, every year on Lil Pesach, you know, once a year we get to leave Egypt, but the only way to leave Egypt, to leave Egypt, first you gotta go down to Egypt, that's right. To merit the Exodus, first we need the exile. So, we make the descent into Mitzrayim, this week's parasha, into Shibut Mitzrayim, Golis Mitzrayim, and we have Vayakam Melachodesh on Mitzrayim Asher Loyodas Yosef. A new king arises over Mitzrayim who didn't know Yosef. And of course, we have the Machloikas, Rav and Shmuel. Do we take this literally? It was a brand new king, or was it the same king, old king, with a new attitude? You know, we switched parties, whatever it was. But life got very difficult at this point for Kla Yisrael in Mitzrayim. And. <clears throat> They gave these instructions, infanticide, slaughter the newborns, he tells um, Shifra and Pua, the Mialdois, he tells them that uh, make sure that the babies, all the babies are thrown into the water, if it's a Yeladhu, if it's a boy, if it's a boy, throw him into the river, Okay, so life gets rough for Klai Yisrael, and it goes south from there. And we have, in the beginning of the second parent, Torah tells us the beginning of things turning around for Klai Yisrael, and it begins with a chasana. The tide begins to turn with a chasana. A Levite went along and married a Bas Levi. And this we're supposed to take literally, Rashi tells us. Bas Levi is literally the daughter of Levi, not a Levite, but the daughter of Levi, literally. That's Yechever, who is the daughter of Levi. And Ishmi Beis Levi, that was the Enochal, grandson of Levi, that's Amram, and he marries this Bas Levi. And Chazal tell us that this is not a first marriage, this is a second marriage. A second marriage for both of them, and in fact, the second time that they're, mul- they're married to each other. Amram essentially remarried his wife. Amram remarried his wife because he had divorced Yechevet previously, and he remarried her. And he remarried her, he remarried his wife at the behest and encouragement of his daughter, Miriam. So let's read the Rashi together. Let's read this Rashi. Well-known Rashi, well-known... Back and forth over here, exchange, and let's see it inside together. So Rashi says, this is Perik Bey's Pasuk Aleph, He had divorced her. He divorced his wife, And he remarried her, He followed the advice of his daughter. 
Para followed the advice of his daughter. So Rebelli Bear was talking last week about kids following, uh, parents following the kids' advice, right? So we have another example of this, right? I'm going to tell your father another example over here. Child following the advice of his parents, or the parents rather following the advice of the kids. Miri went and gave, gave an eta to her father. She gave advice to her father. What did you tell him? Shamar see, he divorced his wife. Now, why did he divorce his wife? So we're going to see in a moment. Why, why did he get divorced? No issues with Sean Bodies. No, he divorced his wife because he didn't see any points in having children. He didn't see any point in remaining married and bringing children into such a, into, exactly, into, into such a world, such a land with such a decree, such a harsh decree. Shamar his daughter told him, Your, Gzairos, your decrees are more difficult than Paros. You're worse than Paro. In Paro, Gazar al-Zacharim, Ba'ata, Gamkan, and Kavis, Paro was Gazar on the, on the boys, and you're being Gazar even on the girls. You made a Gzair on the boys. I'm sorry, Paro made a Gzair, made a decree on the boys. That um, all the boys should be thrown into the river, and you, Ta, Tati, she says her father, you're being Gazar on the boys and on the girls. What does that mean? It's obvious what it means, right? He decided to, to, to get divorced from his wife so you shouldn't have any more kids. And she's telling him, okay, you're not bringing any kids into the world. The you're worse than Paro. Let's think about it. She says, Paro is just decreeing that the boys should be should be uh, removed from this world. You're, you're decreeing on both. Okay, thank you, David Iron. It was open? Yeah, it was. I think we all felt it was the door was open. Okay, Shkai. Anyway, so, so um, yeah, getting back to the Rashi. So Miriam tells Amram like this. She says, Ta, look, Paro, you're right. Paro is saying to kill all the all, all the babies, but only the boys, only the males. So Paro's decree is on the baby boys. All the baby boys will be killed. No more baby Jewish baby boys in the world. Beer by you getting divorced, and we're told that Amram was the god of Ador. Amram was the leader of Kleiso. When he got divorced, everybody else got divorced too. He gave his wife a get. Everybody followed too. He said, "Okay, Amram, that's what we're supposed to do right now." They all followed suit, they all divorced their wives. So this was in t- indeed not just a Gezeira on Amram's family, it was a Gezeira on Klaistro, because everybody was following the, the uh, Hanhaga practice of Amram. So she told Amram, you're making Gezeira on the boys and the girls. You know, if, if you get away with this, there aren't going to be any Jews that are, are, are going to be born. So that's what she told her father. Vech Zira, so he remarried, he, got, he, he took Yochebed back as a wife. They made a second marriage. Yeah, and Rashi says her youth was restored. They had a, another baby. That was Moshe Rabbeinu. Okay, so I, I just I want to I want to focus in on this Rashi, Rabbi Sai. Let's let's try to examine this Rashi, maybe from a um, a closer a closer vantage point. So this is a well-known Rashi. You know, kids learn about this already in school, and. This Rashi, this Chazab, the Rashi is quoting, deserves, I think, no, a, a closer take and a closer look. Why? Because there's a basic question that has to be asked over here. The basic question is, like, what was the Shaklavatari exactly? What was the exchange, this debate? There's a debate going on here between Yochever, between Amram and, and, and Miriam. Amram and Miriam are having a debate. Let's ask the question even better. Miriam presents a pretty straightforward argument, which is, that you don't want to get married because you don't have boys that Paro's going to kill. Well, in the meantime, you're not having boys or girls. So you're worse than Paro. I'm a taco. You're right. Wow, I, 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 I hear what you're saying. But he didn't think of that on his own? What did she point out to him that he didn't have? What was this, you know, brilliant argument that she constructed that Amram didn't, didn't, didn't think of on his own? Said differently. 
Amram must have had some position over here. Amram must have had some cheshvin, and more than must have, we understand Amram's cheshvin. Amram's cheshvin is, why are we having kids for those kids to be killed? Why are we having kids into the world when they're going to be slaughtered, thrown into the river, drowned in front of our eyes? There is sense to that. There is sense to that. She says back, yeah, well, you're, you're worse than Paro. What's her response? A, to his argument, he has, seems to have a sensible argument. His arguments don't seem to make sense. We're having kids and we're living under, you know, a, a, um, a, a you know, a, a tyranny over here. We're living under, um, this is, this is an oppressive, not just oppressive, we're living, you know, this is a, this is a, um, um, a what? A shas hashmad, yeah. This, this is, this is a, um, a regime over here. It's like, you know, this is, this is, this is Stalinist Russia, this is Nazi Germany, Rachman Wetzlan. We're, 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 we're producing kids for them to be slaughtered. That does seem to make sense, that argument, but she says back to the boys and the girls, the girls and the boys, and he says, Taki, you're right. So, A, what was her response back with B? What was the, what was the, like, the before and the after? What is the vikuach? What's the shaklavataria? What was his position? What's her position? And why does he, in the end, concede to her position? There's a question that has to be asked. I mean, there's obviously some kind of give and take. There's some kind of back and forth. There is some kind of shaklavataria. What was that shaklavataria? What was the vikuach? What were the you know different stances over here? What was his initial position? What was hers, and why does he yield to her? That's what we really to really understand this chazal responsibly. We got to ask this question. And the starting point, I think, Tanzan question has to be the way we framed it just a moment ago, which was what was her real response to him? I Meaning, what he's saying does make sense. What he's saying is they're slaughtering our children. We're bringing kids into this world. For them to get drowned. Why are we having kids for them to get drowned? What's Miriam's response to that? So Rabbi I believe if we look a little more carefully at the Rashi, we'll see that her response was in fact not what is the response that's commonly understood from the Rashi. She was making a very subtle, very delicate, but a very deep point. She's making a very, very deep point and she has a very deep argument and that's ultimately what Amram accepts or what Amram concedes to. Because again, Amram is saying, you know, we say, we say in, in davening, <laughs> Let us not have children, Let us not have children, we, we, in the end of the on every day in davening, we say, we should be zaycha, you know, to produce children that are, that are erloch, that are from, yari shemayim, that are tamiri chacham, that are tzadigim. Hashem, please spare us from bringing children to this world that are, that, that, that are going to go off. Why should we go through the efforts and, 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 and the pains and the labors of labor? And the laborers of child rearing, to see our kids just go to waste and to emptiness, all the more so to go through nine months of pregnancy and a delivery, and to just have the kid tossed into the river, the baby Rahmoslan tossed into the river. That's this is this is what Amram is saying. So what's what's Miriam's response? You're worse than Pyro, you're not worse than Pyro. Pyro's the worst that's Pyro's killing kids. You're just preventing kids from being killed. Why are you worse than Paroi? In what regard? Let's ask it clearly. In what regard is Amram worse than Paroi? He's not worse than Paroi. He's saving these kids. He's keeping the Neshamas and Shemaim. He's sparing them from being drowned. Paro's drowning the babies. Paro's worse than Amram. What do you mean Amram's worse than Paro? So let's look at what Yochevet says. And, and, and there's really one word that gives away... I mean, what Miriam says, I'm sorry. There's one word that gives away what Miriam was in fact saying what Miriam's primary argument was. Let's look again at the Rashi. It says Rashi, 
Shaholach ba'atzas bitoy. Amram follows the advice of his daughter. Shaholach she told him, Gzeirasech kashemishal paroy. Your gzeira, your gzeira, your decree is worse than paro. In paro gozer al azharm. Vatza gamkein gozer al anekevus. Paro was gozer on the boys. You're being gozer on the girls. Gozer is what a decree. Gzeirasech, your decree is worse than Paro's decree. This Rabbi Yisai is the key to the Rashi. This is really what's going on at the core and the kishkas of the Rashi. And speaking of kishkas, save a little kishka, please. One should please, Moshe, thank you. This is what's going on at the kishkas of the, of the Rashi over here. Would you like some kishka, Yosef? <coughs> what's going on? I, someone had a good lunch in Lakewood today. I see. So, so, what's going on at the core of the Rashi, Rib Moshe? Is this word Gzeirasech? Miriam's telling Amram, you think you're being a grace tzaddik. You think you're coming with with, with a good cheshbon that you're gonna you're gonna save lives, you're gonna save lives by preventing the boys from being brought into this world. You might be right about that, but you're doing the wrong thing. You might be right in that you're sparing lives, maybe, but where are you wrong? You're being geyser gzeiras. Your gezeira is worse than Paro. You're being geyser on everybody. What's Miriam telling her father? Cheshbainas are nice. Cheshbainas are good. Try to, you know, be a tzaddik. Try to um, do more good, do less bad, do more constructive things, less destructive things. That's good. But gezeiras, we can't make gezeiras. And this is the problem. This is what... Miriam is pointing out to Amram that you're making a gzeira. What's a gzeira? A gzeira is when we issue a, a psak, a decree, which is binding, which is unequivocal, which is unconditional, which is unilateral, which has no way out, no exit clause, no ifs, ands, or buts. It's Rabbi Sai, a complete sweeping Unambiguous decree, as we would say, in, you know, in, in Lashon Hakodesh and Talmudic terms, a gzeira lechalutin, a complete, binding, and and unconditional decree. That's what a gzeira is. That's what a gzeira is. And this, says Miriam to Amram, is the mistake that you're making. It's not our business, nor is it our a, a ability nor do we have the right to make gzeiras Akash Baruch makes gzeiras it's not our job to make a gzeira and even if it looks like this makes sense that Paro is killing all the baby boys so let's spare Jewish children from being drowned let's have less Jewish bloodshed and not more so we're not going to have any kids because having kids means more Jewish bloodshed Ultimately, she says to, to, to um, Amram, you're making a gzeira. What does it mean you're making a gzeira? Because you're giving a psak, which there's no way out of. You're giving a decree, making a decree, which is completely binding, unconditional, no ifs, ands, or buts, no exceptions, that no Jewish baby is going to be born anymore. And we don't have the ability to make decrees. We don't have the ability to make gzeiras. We don't have the ability, we don't have the right to get up and say... Based on our cheshbonus, we are going to completely write somebody off 
and all the more so write off an entire generation to write off an entire generation without any way out without any room for appeal only HaKadosh Baruch Hu can do that we can't make Zeris this was the mistake of Amram and, and in that he, she's saying you are a Talmud of, of Paro that's what Paro's doing and you're even worse than Paro and you making a Zeris What's pa- Paro's making a Zeris that Paro's saying that we're going to commit infanticide wipe out all the baby boys again with no room to appeal no way out no ifs, ands, or buts unconditionally every single baby boy that's going to be born as the Pazik says look let's go back the Tarataka emphasizes this um, that Bialchenis every reason of every single baby boy, every single baby boy, why is a Lushan Yachid? Why not Lushan Rabbin? Right? They, they're not killing one baby boy, they're killing all the baby boys. Terence says, any single individual boy that is born, we're going to kill every single baby boy because maybe boy. this is the one, maybe this is the one what? Also the Egyptian boy. That, yeah, that comes a little bit later, yes. That, 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 at a later point, they killed the Egyptian boys also. <laughs> but in this positive, they're still only killing the Jewish boys. But this is, you know, no room to appeal, no way out, no, no, um, no way around this. No way around this. That's Xavier. That's what Xavier is. Chazal make Xavier. Chazal make decrees. You know, halachas that we have to follow, they're always binding. And as we use the term in Tamaruk, it's a light plug. Light plug, unconditional. There's, 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 there's no loopholes. This was Amram's mistake, says Miriam to her father. This is your mistake. This is the mistake that you're making. That you're being geyser gezeris. It's true that the cheshbainas make sense in terms of logic. The logic does make sense. But to write off an entire generation sight unseen to write off an entire generation of unborn neshamas because of your logic because of your cheshman that's a gzera and you don't have the right to do that that's what Paro is doing Paro is trying to destroy an entire generation and that's a gzera and Paro is doing the wrong thing and Amram you're even worse because you're writing off an entire generation of not just boys but girls as well what is Miriam getting at? what she's getting at is the logic may be sound, may be compelling, but the moment that logic results in us writing somebody off and writing an entire generation off, then at that point we say, we leave that to the Rebbeinah Shalom. We never have the ability to make a gzera if the outcome of our logic is something that's going to translate into a gzera, writing something off, making a gzera like this is beyond hope, this is incorrigible. This is unsalvageable. A gzeira, like a psak, lechalutin, making a decree of like 100% certainty. No room for appeal. This is a done deal. There's nothing to talk about over here. We never have the right to do that. The only three Bainashalang ultimately knows, you know, what, what's going to happen, what things are going to look like down the road. We definitely. If we have a decision, you know, should we invest more over here or more over here? This looks like a better investment. This looks like there's more hope over here. We're more optimistic over here, more pessimistic over here. Certainly, if, if you, you know, have to decide where your investments, where your energies and efforts are going to go, so you got to put it into what makes more sense. But to get up and make a decision that this is being written off, 
this is hopeless. This is beyond hope. There's nothing to talk about over here. That's a gzeira we never have the right to do. That's because we never know. We never know what really lies down the road. We don't know. We don't know where HaKadosh Baruch was planting seeds. We don't know from any, at any given point in time, what's really going to happen 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now, and where things are going to sprout and blossom from. And although it looks to Amram that, that by having kids, he is sentencing them to death, says, Miriam, if you act on the decision, you, you indeed are making a gzeira. You are being geyser by, by deciding that they're never going to be born. Yes, that's taka a gzeira. That, that is a, a, a sentence, a sentence of being unborn. And in that regard, it's worse than Paras' death sentence because you're sentencing them to never having life. And you have to leave that up to the Rebbeinah Shalalem. Only HaKadosh Baruch who really knows what's going to come from where. And only the Rebbeinah Shalalem would say that better is capable of really being Geisig Zeris. Zeris is something that lie in the, in the hands of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, And specifically, Zeris that are against an entity, a person, or a group, or a generation. You know, we, there's a similar discussion. Meseches Barachas famously brings down the, the uh, discussion that happened between Shaya and Chizkiyo Hamel. Chizkiyo was, was on his death, but he was deathly ill. Yeshaya came to him and said, HaKadosh Baruch Hu decreed that you got to die. You're going to die. He said, what did I do wrong? Chizkiyo was a big tzaddik. So I'll say he could have been Mashiach. Um, that's right. You're going to lose your Elam Hazan and Elam Habba. Why? Why? <coughs> said, Chizkiyo, what did I do wrong? Yeshaya said, because you never got married. You didn't have kids. Chizki said, but I saw I have a Ruach HaKadosh tells me my kids are going to be Rishon, that's why I'm not having kids. Yeshai says back, It's not your business to get involved in the Rebbein Shalom's decisions. The Rebbein Shalom's plans, your job is to have kids. It's the same exact time by Yechizkiyo deciding not to have kids. He's being geyser, making up sack that I'm deciding that that's it. You're not going to be born. You're not going to come into this world without any room for appeal, without any room uh, you know, to, to get around this. An unconditional decree that you you are not going to come to this world. We don't have the right to make gzeiros. We don't have the right to make decrees. Even if it seems to be logical, seems to make sense, to make a gzeiro, which means a sweeping decree of, of, of dismissal, of writing something off, signing off on something, um, giving up hope on something, that we never have the right to do. Our job is to invest. Our job is to is to plant seeds even if they seem hopeless, even if, you know, the, even the optimist would be pessimistic. Our job is to plant the seeds nevertheless. The only Rebbe knows ultimately what's going to sprout and blossom and, and, and produce. And this was the mistake of Amram, again, making a zero. And, you know, Lamaisa, we have to be very careful. There's so much, there's so much for us to take away from this Rashi um, you know, we're, we're not writing off unborn generations of children, but at the same time, you know, let's talk about this with the, the obvious application. You know, a couple who is deciding how many children should they have, how large should their family be. You know, there's a myth to have as many kids as you can handle. You know, is there a myth to have more kids than you can handle? Well, that's a private discussion, it's a private Shiloh. But Rabbi said, there's no greater mitzvah, there's no loftier mitzvah than bringing the Shamas in, 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 into this world. You know, and there's people that would give anything, anything to have more neshamas, 
more Yiddish kinder. They, they really would. And, you know, families that decide, a couple that decide together, listen, we did our dues. We did our dues. We had our 1.7 kids. We had our 1.7 kids. We had a boy, we had a girl, we had a couple boys, we had a couple girls. Nope. Time for us to enjoy life now. That's a gazero. That's a gazero. That's a Bahari Kashi Rahman Alamalach. We have a mitzvah of but there's a mitzvah of of Lysaivrol the Shavasi Tsara. There's a mitzvah of Babaika Tizra Zaracha Lerev um Al 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 Tanach, Mitzvah Al Tanach, Mitzvah have have kids, have kids, plant as many seeds as you can. But who knows? Who knows what's going to f- blossom and flourish? So you have two kids that are tremendous tamiri chacham. Have five kids that are tamiri chacham. You have two girls that are beautiful benayis Israel. Have five of them. Have fifteen of them. Have twenty of them. That couple that makes a decision like that, they're being geyser a gzeira. They're making a gzeira. Making a gzeira. Um, and and but let's 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 shift sideways. Shift sideways, Rabbi Yisrael. Um There's people out there that that need us. People that need our help. People that we can reach out to. You bump into somebody in Walmart. This happens all the time. Someone comes over to you, and this, you know the Shalom people? Shalom! Shalom! The Shalom people. Because they see a Yid there. You know, hopefully when we go to Walmart, we look Jewish, right? Hopefully we look Jewish. What makes us look Jewish? Because you're taking out the, uh, the food stamps card? I don't know. <laughs> you look Jewish. <laughs> the wick card. Um, so you look come to go to Walmart, you look Jewish because you look Jewish, right? And then there's the Shalom person comes. Shalom! You know, they come over to you. This mamish just happened to me the other day. I went to a store to change a watch battery. Someone was, was what? I was standing online waiting for the guy, a Chinese fellow, to change my battery. Someone comes over and he says, I was there with two of my kids. Have they been to Israel yet? <laughs> so why are you asking me that question? Why is some random stranger asking me about it? So, okay. So he's trying to tell me that I'm Jewish too. You know, I'm Jewish too. And so we struggled a conversation because it took this guy a few minutes to change my watch battery. He only charged me four and a half dollars. You know, it took him a good 15 minutes, but the price was pretty good. It seems to be working again. Anyway, he strikes up a conversation with you. He wants you to know that he's Jewish. You look at this guy like, give me a break. Like, this guy's, he's, you know, he's a shalom yet. That's the most he's ever going to be. He's the shalom guy, right? The shalom guy. So, you know, we, we say shalom back. We smile. We're polite. If that's it, if that's the end of the conversation, then we were geyser gzeir on him. We pass him that he's beyond hope. We pass him that there's no way of him ever going any any further than that. He's For life, he's locked into being the Shalom Yid. That's what we just did to that fellow. If we let the conversation begin and end with Shalom, 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 ah, Shalom, we were Geyser Egezeiro. We paskened that this guy is never going to graduate beyond that. And I must confess, yesterday, I didn't know yesterday I was going to be, you know, I didn't know yet yesterday what I was going to, what we were going to be discussing, sharing today in the Parsha here. So with that, without really having that in my mind yet, but this mamish happened to me last night. The guy said, you know, your kids, have been to Israel yet? So we struck a conversation. And towards the end of the conversation, I was thinking to myself, like, you know, this guy, again, looks like a... He was an older gentleman also. He, he was, he's older than me. Which is not that much older. Which is not so old. But he was considerably older than me. And I'm looking at this guy like, you know, this is like the, you know, the Shalomian. Shalomian. But then I thought to myself, like, maybe we can get him. Maybe we can yank him. Maybe we can pull him in. Maybe there's hope for this guy. So at the end of the conversation, I decided to go for it. I did something, I don't, I don't do this very often, and I'm guilty also of letting the Shalom Yidin remain Shalom Yidin. You know what I said to him? I said, I asked him where he lived, he said Huntington Valley. 
I said, you know the Steins in Huntington Valley? He said, oh, I know Steins Deli. I said, well, you know, I, 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 I know their grandson very well, the grandson of Steins Deli. And I said, you know, we have, I have a congregation not that far from you. He said, the one, oh, he said, the one on Tomlinson? I said, well, across the street from the one on Tomlinson. We're <laughs> across the street. <laughs> so, uh, so um, I said, I mean, we'd love to have you there sometime. When you come by, we have beautiful Friday night services, beautiful Shabbos morning service. Come by one time. And you know what? He took my number and he gave me his card. And I have his card in my pocket, actually. <clears throat> Don Miller. Don Miller, Rabbi, say, look. <laughs> Liberty Bell Brokers, LLC. He gave me his card, and he took down my number, and he said, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll look you guys up. And I was like blown up, I was astounded, you know, and it was just just like this, by not writing him off, by not making a gzera on him, not paskening that this fellow is just a shalom yid. Who knows? Who, who, who knows? Who knows where this yid may go? Planted a seed. Who knows what may happen? But I, I'm not, listen, I, I am sharing with the oilam that for me that was also a little bit out of the box you know when that walmart person comes up to you with the the, the shalom in walmart usually it's just a shalom back you know like uh, you know what do you do with this person you know they just they wanted to tell you shalom but no rabbi say when that's the decision that you make you were geyser gzeiro you were geyser gzeiro and you're worse than paro paro was taking yiddish and the yiddish babies and throwing them to the river that were already born you're not letting that person be born this the they don't know anything right you're preventing them from being born. They haven't even been born yet. And, you know, again, when we write somebody off in our minds, we write them off, we write them off, we're being geyser gazer that's worse than paras gazer. And it has to do, again, with, with the expansion of our own families. It has to do with expansion of our of our kaychus to, to people around us, people in our community. There may be people in our community that we, we look at and we say, this guy's, you know, beyond hope. His family's beyond hope. He's beyond hope. So when we pass him on the street, we'll be polite, we'll be civil, perfunctory, you know, good Shabbos, good Shabbos, but are we inviting them over? Are we having a serious conversation? Are we knocking on the door and saying, you know, I'd like to, you have to, I was just lonely, I thought we could like, come over and schmooze for a few minutes. Are we doing that? We're not doing that. Again, we've kind of written people off. The moment we write someone off, we make a mental decision that this person's beyond hope, we're being geyser exero. That's exero. It's, it's a... Psak, a psak. This person's hopeless, incorrigible, and it's not worth reaching out to them. Um, and that's a gzeira that is worse than paros gzeira, because, as we just mentioned, first of all, paro is taking. At least a child that was born that had some merits, some schusim, and ending their life, he's ending their life physically. We are taking someone that's waiting to be born. They're a tinek shenishba. They were never even born into a Jewish family. And we're preventing them from even being born. And, and, being geyser gezeiro, both physically and spiritually on this person. So, uh, this is the vart. This is the Yisai, this is the Limur over here in Rashi. This was the message that Yochebed, that Miriam rather gives to Amram. And Amram is certainly is Mechabalit. That's why Amram is Mechabalit. He says, you're, yes, you're right. I was guilty of being Geyser Gezeira. That's the Rebunishman's department. That's not my department. He takes his wife back. So uh, the lesson, Limur for us is quite a clear one. Rabbi said, we have to do a little bit of soul searching. We have to be ready. We have to be ready for those Shalom Yidin. 
we have to be looking out for those opportunities and asking ourselves, catching ourselves in the act of just paskening, writing people off, being goizig zeres, and turning things around. And, 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 and uh, you know, I saw this myself. When we go that, no, it's not even an extra mile. We go those extra few inches and we reach out to those people. We don't write them off. We don't make that gazer on them. We be, you know, we'll be pleasantly surprised by Hashem Barach at, at how relatively easy it is to plant seeds and see what comes blossoming forth from those seeds. Okay, should we, we should be zoicha, taka, to um, do lots of planting and lots of reaping, lots of harvesting, and see lots of Yeshuas and brachas and achas all of us together. Okay, good Shabbos, everyone. Good Shabbos. Because Yahweh didn't know the Shabbos. Shabbos.